us 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 37 to 40. One of the different scenarios that Solomon presented to the Lord when he dedicated the temple with the prayer that God might hear their hear them when they call out to him and it's 1st Kings 8 verses 37 to 40 if there is famine in the land if there is pestilence or blight or mildew or locust or caterpillar if their enemy besieges them in the land at their gates whatever plague whatever sickness there is whatever prayer whatever plea is made by any man or by all your people Israel each knowing the affliction of his own heart and stretching out his hands toward this house, then hear in heaven your dwelling place and forgive and act and render to each whose heart you know according to all his ways. For you, you only know the hearts of all the children of mankind, that they may fear you all the days that they live in the land that you gave to our fathers. In our, throughout the sermon after the first point and second point, and again the third point, we will uh, join in congregational prayer uh, for the specific matter following the text uh, as it's presented to us. Because today is a day of prayer. And beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, all the Canadian and American Reformed Churches of the Federation are dedicating special time to pray for our countries and our churches in the time of this COVID-19 pandemic. And with prohibitions to gather in assemblies with more than 50 people, we are assembled virtually by means of a little camera in the auditorium, although we know we are truly united in the one faith, the one God above. Last week, we were comforted by the guarantee of God's steadfast love as we looked for comfort and foundation in this very unique and unusual situation. And we prayed fervently. And as we asked for God's blessing on the scientists and the health professionals and the governing authorities and all who are sick or grieving or weakened, or frightened, those disappointed, God assured us in his word that his church is safe in his steadfast love, no matter what would happen in the coming days. And today we take, we'll take one step further back and look at the big picture. When Solomon dedicated the temple of the Lord, he prayed and he asked that when calamity came to the land, God's people would turn to him in prayer so that he might forgive them. Forgive them. This makes us think about what made it necessary for us to have a day of prayer. And what it is that we truly desire in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. God did not create the world with sickness and death in it. There was no need for prayer days for calamities in paradise. But the prayer in 1 Kings 8 today reminds us that all this happened as a result of the fall and disobedience of our first parents, Adam and Eve, in paradise. 
COVID-19, plagues, famines, wars, assisted murders and suicides, hatred and death. They are the consequences of living in a world that is under the curse because of the fall into sin. And although we all hate the coronavirus and the disruptions that it is causing to our regular routines, we hate sin, which is the cause of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. We hate sin even more. And whether it is that sin in our own hearts or that sin in the world around us, we hate the desire to turn away from the God of life and love because it is the cause of our human suffering and misery. The COVID-19 virus has awakened us to the, the dire consequences of the fall into sin. And it brings us into this day of corporate mourning for sin and the consequences of the fall as we seek comfort in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Together with Solomon, we pray that we may be induced by this hardship to pray to our God in all sincerity and humility, that we may lift up our eyes to God who is in heaven, like we sang in Psalm 121, and that we may place all our trust in him. And we pray certain that we will be comforted in Jesus Christ, for in him we know that when disease comes and we pray in Jesus' name, God hears us from heaven. It's the theme of the message that we can see also in 1 Kings 8. When disease comes and we pray in Jesus' name, God hears us from heaven. We'll see first that he is faithful to his promises. Second, that he forgives the repentant. And third, that he acts justly. In the Old Testament, the temple was a sign of God's presence among his people. You can see that 1 Kings 8 is describing a, a wonderful and a very exciting day in the world, especially for the church. And everybody knew, as we could read together in verse 27, that God himself could not be contained in a little building here on the earth. But everybody understood that the temple was the gateway into God's heavenly presence. And God promised to keep his eyes on the temple and to pay attention to everyone who sought the forgiveness of their sins through the blood of the sacrifices that were offered by the priests at the temple. God was faithful to his promise and fulfilled it by sending his own son, Jesus Christ, to bear the burden of his wrath against sin for all time, so that Jesus Christ might be the way and the truth and the life, the, the one to, through whom we come into the presence of the Father. Jesus fulfilled the temple, and he fulfilled the sin offerings when he died on the cross. Now he is the mediator through whom we pray to God. When we have these two ideas together, we can understand how to read 1 Kings 8. He is the mediator through whom we pray to God. God has his eyes always on his son, Jesus Christ, and the body of his son, which is his church. And that's why we sang together, 
hymn 42, which is based on Hebrews 4, verses 14 to 16. Praying to God in the Old Testament temple or toward the temple was just like praying to God today in Jesus' name. And Jesus promised that if we ask anything in his name, he will do it. And as we pray to God, we believe in his almighty power. And we trust that he will hear us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the holy God, who dwells in thick darkness, in incomprehensible majesty, promises that he is faithful to his covenant promises. And that's how Solomon begins his prayer. He's saying, Lord, you said this and you did it. Every word that you spoke has come true. Covenant promises. They are the basis of our prayer. They also form the structure of our prayer to God. We trust in his promises. We trust in his unfailing word. We know that God is able to do anything. He's able to do to all things. But when we pray, we also need to remember what he said he would do. When we pray, we need to remember that he didn't promise that there would never ever be any suffering after the fall into sin. The famine, pestilence, blight, mildew, Locust, caterpillar, besieging enemy, plague, sickness. All those things listed in 1 Kings 8 verse 37 are some of the calamities that the Lord promised that he would send if God's people rejected their calling as his covenant children. They rebelled against him. You can see these same things already promised in Leviticus chapter Uh, 6 or Deuteronomy chapter 28 and although we cannot simply today connect COVID-19 with God's punishment of the world we can say that God included sickness as a covenant curse for disobedience and that in the prophetic literature like we see in Revelation for example these curses are also applied to all those who persist in the rebellion against God And in the COVID-19 disease, and all the suffering, death, hysteria, fear, mockery, selfishness, self-righteousness, betrayal and sadness that it brings. And And as all this stands beside what Solomon prayed for in 1 Kings 8, and we put that all together, you're given a little glimpse of what judgment against the unrepentant can feel like, what it can look like. God is very holy, and he is very just, and he keeps his promises, repeatedly telling the world that there will be blessings for us when we obey his word, but punishment and suffering if we turn away from him. And it is our prayer today that the COVID-19 and all the far-reaching consequences may bring every, people everywhere to turn away from their ignorance and their complacency about spiritual things and to start searching for comfort and blessing 
in the Lord, who came to us in his mercy through his Son, Jesus Christ. And if this is true for the world, how much more for all of us in the church, all of us who can so easily forget God's love, so easily become casual and complacent with the riches of God's mercy to us in Christ Jesus. And even belittle the work of the Holy Spirit who leads us by his word in thankfulness. Although it is not for any one of us to tell other people that God is using COVID-19 to discipline them personally, it is our prayer that God will use COVID-19 in our own lives to make us aware, to make us humble before him, to, to make us understand that he is a God who is faithful to his covenant promises, to turn away from sin with more eagerness, to be reminded that although we deserve God's wrath for our sins, we are saved by grace alone. Let us pray this time together to the Lord. God Almighty, you are transcendent, powerful, faithful to your covenant. And we are small, dependent creatures. Father in heaven, you have allowed us to see the strength of your arm. What can be done in the world through such a tiny virus in such a short time. You have shown the reality that you control all things. You have given us a glimpse of some of the devastating consequences of the fall into sin. We are reminded of how limited our understanding is, how fragile human life really is. We also are reminded by suffering about the hardness of so many human hearts today. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will grant that this calamity, that this pandemic, the fear that comes with it, the fear of what may come as a result of the pandemic, the uncertainty, the annoyance, the frustration, that all this emotions we are feeling, all the consequences that we are seeing, this may awaken hearts may cause shame for sin, the hatred for all that happens outside of you. We pray that you will bring many people to their knees in repentance. We're not just praying for those who don't love you, but we pray that this COVID-19 pandemic might also remind us as your church of our unfaithfulness to you and our utter and constant need for the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
And we pray, Lord, that we may recognize in ourselves also the spiritual complacency, how often we diminish our need for you, the need for the gospel. We mourn together for the fall. We mourn for our sins, for the offense against you, for the disregard of your holy name, for the pride that keeps rearing up, for the arrogance that we must struggle with in our own lives. Lord, may this COVID-19 pandemic help us as your people to better recognize the horrible effects of sin and rebellion, the fear that comes with, with your wrath, so that we might also the more fully celebrate your grace in our lives with more understanding, that we may rejoice in Christ's saving work with more sincerity, we may delight to be Christians, to keep in step with the Holy Spirit, to do this with more constancy. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The second point our passage is that the Lord is asked to forgive. And in the Old Testament, although the people were offering sin and guilt offerings in the temple, they were doing this in their desire to be forgiven. And they came and they brought animals and they shed the blood of these animals. They knew that these sacrifices would not help them at all if they intentionally persisted in their sins if they did not have repentant hearts. And in the same way also today our appeal to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ means nothing before the Lord. If we do not confess our sins in humility before him, if our hearts are not repentant. The promise of the forgiveness of sins is given to everyone, and you can see it in our passage, who is stretching out their hands toward God. Because stretching out your hands toward God is, is a sign of, of humility, of, of looking outside yourselves to another power. It's a sign of dependence, a sign of repentance and trust. The Lord will hear the person we read, who knows the affliction of his own heart. That's in verse 38. Who knows that sin is the affliction of his own heart. He will heal the one who turns to him for forgiveness. The language in our text describing the prayers that are offered up are, are very inclusive. As inclusive as they possibly can be. Whatever prayer. You can see that in verse 38. Whatever prayer, whatever plea made by any person from the nation of Israel, and every person who stretches out his hands toward this house, if you confess your sins before him, if you turn to him in repentance and humility and believe that Jesus Christ has paid for your sins on the cross, then when you turn to the Lord in repentance, he will forgive you. The gospel message that we believe and declare to the world 
is that Jesus Christ came into the world to take upon himself the curse which lay upon us. He came to save sinners. He bore God's covenant punishment upon his own shoulders for everyone who believes in him, who submits to him as Lord and Savior. And although the COVID-19 disease may remind us of our need to have our sins forgiven, it is not a punishment for the sins of those who believe in Jesus Christ. God will not punish a person two times for the same sin. And God has already punished the sins of all those who believe in Jesus Christ when he punished his son on the cross. Not one of the sad and the difficult things that we face in our lives can be called a punishment of God against the sin of a Christian. But that doesn't mean he, that we won't suffer from anything in this fallen world. Being children of God does not make us immune to all the consequences of the COVID-19 pandemic. However, although God doesn't promise to free us from all suffering in this life, Though he doesn't promise to, to wipe us clean of all the viruses on our skin with divine hand sanitizer, he does promise to clean our souls from all sin with the blood of his son. He washes us clean from our sins when we repent. And so we can face COVID-19, we can face the consequences of COVID-19 in our lives in the assurance that God is not angry with us, his church. He's not punishing our sins with this pandemic. He's not on the opposite side looking down at us in curse. But he is on our side. He is with us in Jesus Christ, as we go through the consequences, the suffering of this pandemic. Jesus Christ is the mediator who takes the place of the temple. And on this day, we can turn to him and again thank him that he washes us clean. We'll do this together, praying. Gracious God, help us to see the afflictions of our heart. Help us to see the true cause of our sin and misery so that we desire the right things. So that we learn to humble ourselves before you. The COVID-19 reality has made us aware of our utter need to be at peace with you, our gracious Father, and heavenly creator. Grant us peace in the promise of the forgiveness of our sins in Jesus Christ. Help us to be sure that there is no longer any punishment for those who believe in you, that you are a God who is on our side, a God who is with us, no matter what, no matter how we suffer from the consequences of this COVID-19 pandemic or the consequences of of so, much, so many other diseases and catastrophes 
in this world. We thank you that through it all, we may know that we have eternal peace with you. And awaken in your church deep gratitude for the depths of your promises. A gratitude that also makes us eager to share the truth of the gospel with our neighbors. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Finally, we notice in our text that Solomon asks that the Lord would act and render to each whose heart you know. That he might act justly. The prayer of the church is that when God acts in response to the calamity, he will maintain what is just and what is right. Since God knows the hearts of all the children of mankind, it's mentioned specifically in verse 39, we pray that he will deal with each person according to the desires of his heart. And the wording in our text makes us pay close attention to exactly whom we are asking God to help. Our prayer is not that God will give success to the plans of those who hate him in their hearts. We're not asking God to bless the attempts of those who are actively trying to hurt others in this time of crisis or, bless the, or give success to those who want to use this crisis and somehow attack the church. Rather, when we ask God to act justly in response to our prayer, we are asking him to have mercy on those who do not yet know him, to the confused, to the weak, and to all in his church who are seeking to glorify him in this life. When we ask God to act according to what he knows about the hearts, we express our desire to see the name of the Lord glorified glorified by whatever is done by men and women on the earth. We don't pray for the success of the authorities, the health personnel, transport and retail workers, because we believe that we are entitled to a comfortable life in the first place. We're not praying these things for, for selfish reasons, because we're so annoyed by the, by the discomforts. Rather, we pray that God will so guide their hands and their decisions that through them, whether it is actually helpful for us or not, through them, God's creatures may learn to fear him. Look at verse 40. That's the big goal. We pray that all those who are fighting the COVID-19 disease and all its consequences, that they may be instruments in God's hands for his glorious purposes. And if there be some slowdown to the spread of COVID-19, we pray, O oh Lord, may it serve the advance of your kingdom. And if the situation continues to, to, to worsen, May it serve the ongoing preservation and the increase of your church. We pray that God will act justly according to what he knows about the hearts of men, so that in everything he might receive 
the honor and the glory and the praise forever. And brothers and sisters, again, we are reminded that God wants your hearts. God doesn't want you to be so tied to the things here on earth that all you're praying for is that it might be comfortable for you. He wants your hearts. He wants the church fearing him. He wants you to desire to live with him in peace and fellowship, forgiven by Jesus Christ and filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants everyone everywhere to fear him, to worship him as king, and not to diminish and disrespect his name or ignore the needs of those around you. May we desire the same things. May we pray, Lord, act according to what you know about the hearts of men. Fulfill your plan. Teach us to depend on your grace and your mercy. Today is a day of prayer. Today is a day of recognizing God's sovereign power and his faithfulness to his promises. A day of repenting of our sins and praying for revival in our country. A day to ask God to act and to bless the sincere desires of all those who seek the fullness of his kingdom. A day to celebrate. God's steadfast love. Amen. And we'll pray together. Prayer also for the sick and the spiritually distressed. Merciful God and Father, you give eternal hope and salvation to the living and eternal life to the dying. You alone have life and death in your hands. And Christ alone has the keys of death and of the grave. All things are in your power, so that neither health nor sickness, good nor evil, life nor death can happen to us without your will. We also know that by your power and by, the, by, by your power and direction, all things must serve our salvation. Gracious Father. We implore you to grant us the grace of your Holy Spirit that he may teach us to truly know our misery and to bear patiently with your chastisements. If you, O Lord, kept a record of our sins, these chastisements should have been 10,000 times more severe. We believe that they are not evidence of your wrath, but of your fatherly love towards us, that we might not be condemned with the world. God, strengthen our faith by your Holy Spirit so that we become more and more united with Christ our head since it is your good pleasure to unite us to him in both suffering and glory. Enable us to bear what is brought upon us by your fatherly wisdom. We submit ourselves entirely to your will, whether you leave us on earth or whether you take us home unto yourself, we trust that with body and soul, both in life and in death, we belong to Christ, whose resurrection is the guarantee of our blessed resurrection. Grant that we may experience the comfort of the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ. May his innocent blood wash away the dirt of our sins 
And may his righteousness cover our unrighteousness in your sight. Arm us with faith and hope so that we may overcome the assaults of Satan and not be put to shame by any fear of death. Continue to support and carry us on your everlasting arms. We pray that all those who love you, so that all those whom God knew before the foundation of the world may be able to continue to worship you with freedom in their families, in their work, and in the assembly of the churches. Hear and answer us for the sake of Christ, our dear Savior. Amen.